1: All right, welcome back to uh, Inside the Mind of D. Scott, which is uh, episode twenty-nine. We're on now, uh, wicked special uh, episode for us today. Which I'm not wicked. I, sound, I feel like I'm from Boston now or Massachusetts. Yeah,
0: or the '80s uh, yeah. just came back. And, and and you know what? Wicked might be a perfect word for me though, Dennis. Maybe w- that's why.
1: Wicked or uh, rad, a rad episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or um as oh, God. always. Please go ahead and subscribe and share and follow and do all that it is that you do to uh, to, to podcast and, and tell your friends, especially about this one. Katie Manning is joining me today. She is a great friend of mine. Uh, it is just Katie Manning now. Are we not doing Katie Manning Hilton anymore?
0: There are some things that still say Hilton, but I'm, I'm officially – I'm more like Katie, like okay. Cher, like Madonna. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let me put myself in the bad stratosphere. <laughs> How soon before you become just a symbol like Prince?
0: Um, It's getting there. I, I'm thinking um, by the end of uh, 2020, that's all that'll be left. It'll just be, you know.
1: It'll like be a, a symbol?
0: It'll just be a symbol.
1: All righty. Well, for those of you that don't know, Katie and I actually do a different podcast called Psychic on the Scene. Katie is a uh, a world-renowned psychic medium. I might be gassing you up a little bit with that one, but we're going <laughs> to fine. I have um, done some
0: things globally, but yeah, that's, I. well, let's go with world-renowned.
1: All right, perfect. She is a world-renowned psychic medium. Uh, psychic on the Scene is her podcast that she does along with myself and Michelle Lyons-Polito. Katie, thank you so much for joining me today.
0: So excited to do this with you.
1: All right, so now let's, uh, let, let's do a little bit of the history of you. How early in life did you realize that you had special abilities?
0: Okay, so I have been like this. My mom first detected it in um, when I was about three years old. I'm the youngest of three, and I'm born and raised in Rotterdam, and come from a very conservative, regular family. And my mother realized that I was reading her thoughts and answering her. And it was finally one day that she was going to the fridge. It was dinner time. And she said, oh, I'm all out of milk. I got to go to the market and get milk. And I walked, toddled out into the kitchen and said, we go now. We go get milk. And she was mm-hmm. like, uh, did I say that out loud or did, did she just read my thoughts? And then she realized that we were communicating like that on a pretty regular basis. So she could do the, the flashcards with me teaching me color, shapes, and numbers. Mm-hmm. And she could conceal them and say, you know, what did mommy pick now? And I would still know what the cards were.
1: Hmm. Did, now, was your mother, um, did, did your mother have psychic abilities as well?
0: No, she does not have psychic ability. She is, uh, you know, I think everybody has it to some mm-hmm. degree. She's got like the mommy psychic thing where if you're lying, she knew.
2: Right.
0: Um, but she did not have that um, premonition ability or the ability to talk and see spirits. But... It is her side of the family. My great grandmother, her grandmother Mackenzie, that had ability and could read the tea leaves, which was it's called uh, tassiology, mm-hmm. and she was very accurate. So it's it is on that side with the Mackenzies.
1: Huh. So I mean, and I mean, I know we've talked, and everyone does have the ability, or we believe that everyone does have the ability. It's just people choose to. Develop it or not.
0: Correct. I think right. that we're operating all the time using some of that, and we ha- develop it in different ways. So some people might be highly empathetic. If they're empathetic, they're feeling everything. They pull in all the feels, and they would do it maybe while they're if they're teachers, healthcare, or law enforcement, even hairdressers. Um, they're they're pulling in a lot of the emotions from other people, and they'll they'll typically tell me that they have had um, instances where they have felt anxiety um, or maybe felt like an ailment and they, it was unexplained, but they basically were soaking it in through, from the other person.
1: Gotcha. All right. Now, how did you go about developing yours? I mean, you, you figured out that you had these, these special abilities very young. How did you come about to become what you are now? Like a lot of reading or classes? No,
0: because I'm born in 66, so you figure this is around 1969, 1970, that this is emerging in our suburban home, um, Catholic suburban home, and it wasn't that anybody told me not to. So that's probably one of the reasons why Mm -hmm. it evolved. It wasn't a scary thing, but... Uh, My mother and her girlfriend just recently um, said that I would be playing with the kids in the backyard and then all of a sudden they would see me almost like I was catatonic and I'd be staring off like talking to somebody, smiling and and laughing, which was, (laughs) yes, it was a dead person and um, I was all by myself having these conversations, but the weirder thing was it wasn't until I got a little bit older that I realized other people didn't do what I did. And that they couldn't, like, my parents weren't seeing these people with me. <laughs> so, the one time I was in a restaurant with my mother and father, and I kind of think it was like a Flavorland or something like that from back in the 70s, and everybody had started to eat. Uh, I have two older brothers, everybody was eating. And I said, Um, the man is here and the man can't swallow. And my father goes, What in the hell is she talking about? And I said, <laughs> You know, the man, the man can't swallow. And I said, He has suspenders on and he's gray and his name is Harold. And my mother kind of picked up what I was doing and she goes, Okay, eat your broccoli. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we're gonna ignore that. And my mother was able to validate after the the dinner. Um, with the staff she said did somebody die here named Harold and they said oh yes it's a famous story and and they pointed to the wall there was an article on the wall talking about the man Harold who had originally owned the restaurant so that was one of the first times that it was a clear information communication but at that point and I find this now with a lot of kids that have psychic ability I thought everybody could see Harold Right. And it didn't seem strange because I thought everybody could, and it didn't feel strange. I thought everybody could see them.
2: So, so I,
0: they didn't, they didn't help me like grow it D, but mm-hmm. it was, it was, I wasn't shunned, I guess. Right.
1: Which, which, which has got to be helpful. I mean, if it's not discouraged, because I mean, the, the first two people that are going to encourage or discourage you would be your parents. So if they're encouraging it, then that's, that's a definite step in the right direction.
0: Right. And I, I now with people of my age, um, I, when I teach psychic development classes or I speak about it, I have so many people because of their families, religion, culture, mm-hmm. beliefs that not only were told not to turn it on or to validate it, but were actually um, many times scolded or punished. Hmm. So it's not like you lose the ability, but you kind of lock it away right. or you push it away
1: yeah I think uh once you once you get older your your guard goes up a little bit more and then your your thoughts kind of take over more and and your subconscious shuts everything out like you don't want to believe that you know there's a man standing next to you who passed away twenty years ago or right. whatever the case may be and I know for me, I think that's been one of my biggest um things for me. I'm, I'm starting to feel more and more stuff. The more you, me and Michelle do podcasts or we go out and do some of our, our adventures, which will become more as well. Um, I've started feeling a lot of different things that are throwing me for a loop. Like when we are you
0: surprised with that? Like, so she and I will be sitting there we've been in a restaurant or we've been in the cemetery and she and I start to basically report what we're seeing to right. you. And I, it seems to me that you're almost startled or surprised that you were already kind of feeling or getting those same things, maybe not to the same degree. Right. And You kind of go, yeah, I, I got that.
1: It, it's, I, I don't know if I'm, it doesn't necessarily startle me, but it is kind of, right. it's different, you know, because it's so new for me. And I just kind of, I know we've had it happen. I think on one of our uh, ghost wrangler episodes where, you guys were talking about somebody and I had a name that, Oh, it, we were at powers pub and we were yes. upstairs and yep. uh, Nick kept feeling the cold kind of moving around like this cold patch of air kept moving around. And I stuck my hand out and you're like, your arm is right through the little girl. Can you put it down? And, uh, and, and I had a name pop into my head and you guys started spitting out names. Like it, like maybe it started with an M and, you know, say Mary popped into my head and you guys said like three names and then Mary or, which is very generic, but it, I was like, mm, yeah, no, that's it. That's the one that's in my head. Like, and it, I don't, and I think Mary sounds too, too basic. It definitely wasn't that, but it was a name that I would not be thinking of. Right. And it was in there. And right. I, was like, I no. almost
0: want to say it was Elizabeth and it okay. was, um, <clears throat> it was spot on, but she, I, I think for you, not so much surprise, but, I think that you're realizing, like a lot of people, that it was a ability you have had that you have um, basically ignored or just taken for granted that it was there, which I find a lot when I work on police cases Mm -hmm. with law enforcement. Obviously I go in there and they're pretty black and white grounded people. You being our producer, I mean, you've worked with a lot of different people, but I think that it's always been pretty black and white for you and they've had similar situations. And as I'm talking to them, I'll, I'll say, you're psychic, you've got ability. And they'll say, well, you know, that's interesting because I was drawn to a certain area or I felt a certain thing. That's all psychic ability. You're just calling it different things, punches, gut, whatever.
1: Gotcha. Now when you do like psychic development classes, what are some ways that people can develop it? I mean, like meditation, stuff like meditation that. Meditation
0: is probably the number, one of the number one things, you know how they say in real estate, location, location, location mm-hmm. in psychic development, it's meditation, meditation, meditation. And it does not have to be D that you are doing the own right. meditation for like two hours, you- And I had somebody one time say, if you're meditating over an hour, it's a sleep, you're sleeping. Um, (laughs) You can do, which we know, I mean, how many times have I fallen asleep while I'm doing meditation? (laughs) So, but you can do meditations in your car. You can do them at work and go to the the restroom and just take, you can take five minutes, you can take 10 minutes to just center your body and quiet your mind. And that's really what it's all about with psychic ability is center and quieting the mind the other thing that helps people evolve with psychic ability whether it's seeing spirits talking to angels um, trusting your gut sense is getting rid of the toxic or negative things in your life it can be food it can be obviously alcohol drugs it can be people It can be just the clutter in your home. And back when I've worked with Northeast Paranormal and some of the other paranormal crews going into the homes, doing ghost investigating. One of the things we've noticed is some of the highest activity happens in the homes that are kind of like hoarder situations. So apology to anybody that's listening that we've gone into your home. You're probably not that person, but (laughs) they have a lot of clutter. If they have a lot of clutter, it seems to trap that spirit energy so um john edwards and other psychics will tell you clean out your house if you're Mm -hmm. having activity clean out your house but you can also use that same premise or idea for for evolving your own ability clean out your house meaning your own body
1: gotcha i i can't see me getting rid of the toxic food in my life i like food way too much
0: i know you always have something like a monster Mm -hmm. drink or something like that on you
1: I got uh, caffeine for one. I mean, to do these, like right now, I'm just drinking coffee, but we're also, it's early on a Saturday. Early. It's not that early, but right, it's early enough on a Saturday, but like chicken wings and pizza. Mm.
0: I still do that stuff. I just do it in moderation and I work out and I, and I drink coffee like it's my job, um, <laughs> but I don't drink at all and I don't use drugs. And, um, you know, I'm a child of the 80s, so kind of been there, done all that. Right. Can't so anymore. Now,
1: Like when you were, let's go, like when you were in high school, did you, was there a time in your life where things subsided and kind of like you shied away from being a psychic and then kind of got more into it or was it just. Well, the
0: first time I ever had it shut down, I was at a girlfriend's house and I was probably, I might've been in junior high um, or late in elementary school, but excuse me we were dancing and playing dress up and I turned, she said, this is a blast, the girlfriend. And I said, yeah, your grandmother's having a great time. And (laughs) she stopped what she was doing. And she goes, my grandmother is dead. And I went, Oh, okay. And I could see the grandmother clearly (laughs) next to her. So it was the first time I realized that probably in polite company, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't talk about their dead. (laughs) So when I did roll into junior high, I was a little bit more um, con- like controlled or blocked it out. It wasn't that I wasn't feeling them. I didn't probably just gab away with them. I had, and there is a belief too with that, that you, because you're, I mean, you're, you're going through puberty and you're going through those teen years that you're highly volatile anyways. So you're more like self-centered. Mm-hmm. So you're not thinking more existentially. So it kind of quieted down then. But I will tell you, from junior high to high school, I had the most vivid psychic premonition dreams during that time. I And, and some of it was past life stuff that I would have over and over again, which again now, with the information that I've gotten, that's pretty common with kids that are indigo children or psychic kids, that it kind of goes down under with the ability a little bit under the radar and then it'll reemerge as you're going towards college and out into the world. It kind of, it's almost like being an adolescent again.
1: Gotcha. Huh. So now, now here's the thing that I've always wondered because I got a feeling your reality and my reality are two completely different things since I don't, since I don't see spirits. Like, is it like an all the time thing? Like if you're just out and about, Are there an extra like 50 people that you see, you know, in a restaurant or is there
0: it is. So there's, there's different categories of psychics. And when I speak or teach about this, there's shamans, shamans Mm -hmm. live like pretty, as they evolve with healing and being able to derive information from nature and the universe, um, they live a very lonely life. It's kind of, but they're okay with it. Like, Mm -hmm. like shedding, A lot of nonsense or nonsense people and then there's empaths and the empaths are what I was talking about before that feel and heal people all around them their hardest part of what they do is that it can be exhausting their their lives. then there's people that channel and I don't do much channeling I'm too much of a control freak but that's where a divine or a higher spirit works through you and you basically Take your soul and put it off to the side so that spirit and the universe can work through you to give messages. Um, When you watch Whoopi Goldberg and ghost, that's kind of what happens is they jump in her body at one point and they're talking through her. Um, I don't do that. I am a medium and psychic mediums see things in the future as well as, um, and hearing things around your life currently, but they also see your family. So, with hearing your family or seeing the dead all the time, there's a lot of chatter. The hardest thing about it is it never stops and we're used to it. Probably would be weirder D if it just stopped one day. Right. And we didn't hear the voices. (laughs) We kind of like, so if I'm out to dinner and we're having, you know, a nice romantic dinner, I am hearing still some of the buzzing or people. Now, occasionally they get a little bold and say I'm in Lake George. I will see somebody. And for a second, I might mistake that for a real person until I get the feels that go along with it. And then I'll go, oh, oh, you know, there's, a, there's a guy over here. He's really bold. So it's, it's there all the time. I just don't give as much attention or get as startled by it unless they are much more forceful, not, not evil or anything, just more
1: forceful. Gotcha. So th- does that mean, like, if there's a constant chatter, you have to drown out all of yes. that? Like if, like, if you're just having a conversation, you have to kind of, like, there's got to be a way to shut shut it out, shut it off. I don't know, like. Somehow. I
0: was fortunate years ago, I had taken a class and the teacher was saying in the beginning of the introduction of taking the class, this was, God, Sarah was a baby. So we're talking like 17 years ago. And she's saying to everybody about the class, I can teach you to develop and see and trust. And finally, very timidly, I looked around the room and I raised my hand and I said, how do you make it stop? Like if you're having too much, how do you make it stop? And she went, Oh, she said, you just tell them what your office hours are. If you're hearing the voices all the time. So if I have times that it's disruptive Mm -hmm. or um, like louder than the voices that are in front of me, I can actually mentally, clairvoyantly say to them, "Listen, if this isn't important right now, you need to take a step away because I've got to focus on this that's in front of me right now." And they are really obliging; they get it. They were human, and they will um, like wait for my office hours. They'll come. So many of them come back later. Some of it was just nonsense, and they they won't show up again. But yes, that's um, something I have to work on all the
1: time. Oh, gotcha. I mean, yeah, because that's, again, with not really, you know, having developed it and hearing all of that stuff, I'm like, how do you just weed through it and figure out who's talking to you, what the right. person in front of you is saying? I'm going deaf as it is, just from being on the radio for 20 plus years, like always wearing my headphones, wicked loud. There's that word again, wicked. What? Wicked.
0: It's all... Boston,
1: 1980s. Yeah, and I'm such a fan of Boston wearing my Yankee hat right now.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: We have a uh, we have a, a continuous drinking game on the podcast that anytime anyone says the word blessed, you have to take a shot because um, a bunch of episodes back, I had my friend Matt on. And every time he, I mean, he said the word blessed had to be two to three dozen times. And we, we turned it into a drinking game. So anyone that's listened to that episode and then come on or heard me reference it, every time you say blessed, you got to take a shot when you're listening to the Love podcast. Love it. Well, it, with me, it, it must be the word wicked. So yeah. anytime you hear me say the word wicked, you have to take a shot as well. So Love it. And not for okay. nothing by the end of the podcast, if you're taking shots between the words blessed and wicked, you're going to be drunk. And this podcast is going to sound like an award-winning podcast at that point. So
0: how about we're wickedly blessed?
1: Oh my God. That's like two and a half. That's like three. That's
0: right. That's exactly. That's a half a bottle of tequila (laughs) for sure.
1: So now (laughs) um, you are a professional at this. You do. this. I
0: am. And I, years ago had somebody say that you could never make a living at this.
1: Boy, were they wrong?
0: I guess I I like to prove people wrong and um kind of grow my whatever I want to do. It's like, yeah, don't tell me. Don't tell me <laughs> that I can't do that. So,
1: want to make a bet?
0: I have been very blessed.
1: Oh, there it is again. So, I mean, blessed. how long how long have you been doing it professionally when you were just like, you know what? Forget the normal 9 to 5. This is what I need to be doing.
0: So I was still working the nine to five after my second daughter, my second child was born, my daughter. And that was, um, she's born in 2002. And around 2006, I was still working nine to five for the Schenectady Chamber of Commerce. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And I was the director of membership and um, resource development. And I got connected to a missing person case in like 2005, Mm -hmm. and started working with the police. And I always say, Harry Bafardi, he was the chief of the sheriff's department. And he started to refer my name on other cases. And overnight, I had people contacting me and trying to um, get in for their families for appointments. So around 2006 is when I left the corporate world. And I thought, well, here we go. Let's see what happens. And (laughs) Almost from the first day I was asked to speak to like women's groups or in public teach it. And every time something would come up, D, I'd be like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know. And they'd <laughs> say, well, do a show. And I would think like, uh, I don't know if I can do that. But at the same time, I think I'm blessed for having the opportunity. So I thought, well, I'm not going to say no. I just see what happens. And right it was always the right decision to go out of my comfort zone and do those things because it helped grow. Even Mm -hmm. meeting you was because I had done work with Northeast Paranormal at the time and they had a podcast, however many years ago it was. And over a year ago I woke and you were the producer on that show. I woke up one morning and I literally thought, why don't I have my own podcast? I gotta get like with it. And right. I thought, do I know somebody? And I was like, Oh yeah, I know D. Scott. He can <laughs> do that for me. And it was lit when I wrote you, you were like, Come in Monday. Yeah. So very lucky.
1: That was that, that that's one of the things. I mean, it was an easy yes for me, but we're always looking for like new or different podcasts. Um, and and definitely we're the only one in the area that's doing any kind of psychic paranormal podcast type thing we right. have we do have uh the 518 paranormal project but it's been on hiatus for a while i think uh and
0: that's more investigation that's not yeah. um all the other things that encompass um psychic ability other people that do energy work that i think that we try to bring on the show other people with different modalities
1: yeah yeah no i've uh, i've had a couple of conversations with people about the psychic on the scene podcast that you know it turns out they're into it or you know they you know they have a love of psychics or or a, they're a fan of them and I'm like you need to check out this podcast and and it's and it's not only I'm like you got to realize too we've had a bigfoot enthusiast on there we've had uh, the demonologist on yes. the podcast you know we we've and-
0: had a witch we had a witch on that yes. does that practices witchcraft we've had the shaman do drumming. Mm-hmm. on the show um, a lot of diversity connected in that field yep. and, and really fascinating. I had two women just yesterday in a group virtual reading say they have been listening to our show and they love it. Great. And they use it for their workout or their walking and they find it fascinating and that we, you know, talk and fool around about our, our personal lives, but that the, <laughs> the content is really interesting so that's that's like a big pat on the back to us because i know that we always have like like quick chats or we have ideas about things and then we each get different folks on
1: well for you and michelle i mean you know i for that podcast i'm kind of i'm i'm like background noise i'll throw i know you are
0: you always say that but we couldn't do it without you
1: but you guys come prepared you know where we have our little group chat and it's like, we want to do this topic and you come with your homework and Michelle comes with her homework and the show is not planned out at all, which maybe we could, but why it works. And it's, you know, we're not talking. That was because
0: of you though. You told me not to over script it. That's how a podcast should be. And that I could have main points that I wanted, Mm -hmm. but not to worry about almost feeding the guest. Right. we're pre pre loading the guest. Right. And it was probably the best piece of advice that you could have given myself and Michelle, because everything is organic mm-hmm. when we're speaking to them on the show.
1: I think uh, from I mean, for one, that's a personal preference for me to listen to a podcast like that, where right. it's more conversational and it doesn't sound like, you know, you're just lobbing up pitches for them to hit out of the park. I, I like the natural feel. And I think, for, I think most people like to listen, feel like they're listening to a conversation that right. they normally wouldn't be privy to. So right. I think that's, I, I, love, I love that. But don't get me wrong, there are podcasts that are completely scripted that are fantastic as well, like Phoebe's. Um, Phoebe's,
0: that, that's the one I was just thinking of. That's probably the, one of the only scripted ones that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. So give a plug to Phoebe.
1: It is uh, upstate unsolved. There are two seasons Excellent. of that podcast out, um, and I know they were working on the third season, but things kind of got knocked COVID. around because you know the, the pandemic came around and everything got put on hold. So, but I know, and she works. She busts her ass on that podcast. I know. Like, I know. It's a
0: lot of research that she does. If anybody's interested in um, unsolved crimes and you're from the Northeast, that's an amazing, amazing podcast.
1: I, I thought it was great. I mean, she focuses basically on the Capital Region yep. and, and the cold cases that are here. And to list, like, I, I had her on, like, one of the first, in the, in the first five episodes, I had her on this podcast. And she told me how much work goes into that and how one night she was, like, under, like, coming up on her deadline to get this one episode done and was literally here over, over 24 hours, like in the building working wow. on it. Just because what she said was, uh, one of the people that work here, she saw that person leave for the day and then saw that person come back to work in the morning. She was still here, but wow. she has to work on scripts. She has a ton of clips that she plays with sound bites and, and, uh,
0: right. She interviews. does the interviewing too. She's done follow-up interviewing. I believe yep. she uses the college of St. Rose.
1: Yes. Yes. And
0: it, I think that that's another real big um, kind of boon to the, to her show and to the capital mm-hmm. region that she's using local resources and she's got so many different elements that she includes. So um, yes, that's a scripted one that I do enjoy.
1: Yeah. There, there's a couple. Um, like I, I listen to uh, what's it. I can't even think of what it's called. Disgraceland, which is, Never a podcast that. that we picked up on iHeartRadio like 2 years ago and it's all about uh, stories of celebrities that you might not have heard uh, like the, the dirty background like the things that really didn't get out like the the dirt on those people and which is completely scripted it's a J, uh, I can't forget, I can't remember the guy's name but he's uh,
0: Oh, I have to it, look it up.
1: It it's interesting to listen to. He did one on Johnny Cash which I thought was <clears throat> was great because at one point like Johnny Cash had died like OD'd and they had yeah. to get back from Canada and they had him like stuffed under like they had him in the back of the van like under blankets when they went through customs and like six hours later he woke up
0: <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> so, like Johnny
0: Cash does
1: yeah so I mean that it, it's uh it's disgraceland. land it's it's pretty Jake Jake Brennan is the guy that does the podcast
0: I'll, so, I'll definitely look it up I that's you know i love listening to them and i'm i'm glad that we have ours and i look it's one of the things we, we've all commented on me you and Michelle mm-hmm. that we look forward to our time and we miss each other yeah. when we're not together because we we have such a good um connection with each other and rapport that it's it's fun to do
1: it For me, for me, sitting and listening to you guys talk and just like, even now, like when we're doing it over Zoom, because we can't have, you know, nobody can be near each other, whatever the hell it is. Um, It's almost like soothing for me to talk with you guys and or a lot of times, especially if you have a guest on me just listening. And it's, it's just, it's like therapeutic for me, which is I've had days where I had anxiety during the day for no reason. Um, and once we started doing the podcast, it, go, it it subsides. Everything is just, maybe it's because my mind is focused on what's going on in the podcast or just your energy, like you and Michelle, your energy
0: oh, comes sweet. mine down. I know that when you said, and it was true because other people said it after we posted the podcast or you posted the podcast was when we had Barb Nasnick on the shaman you're like her voice is so relaxing <laughs> it's so funny and um when when i thought oh, i don't know if i've ever thought about that and when i went back and i play him i always listen to our podcast after yep and um when i was listening back i was like yeah her voice is really soothing
1: <laughs> it is it, it, it really is really was. soothing it, and the other guy uh when we had tim owens on the homeopath Yep. He, he was just, I, I told him when we got done recording, I'm like, dude, I would listen to you read the dictionary. Like he, his voice, like his storytelling ability and his voice and just everything came out so good. And, right. like, and I mean, granted he was a, an English, or he was a, he was an English professor, I believe is what he said. Yeah, um, English
0: teacher for many, many years. And um, I think everybody that, <sighs> encountered him he must have been a beloved teacher and he I mean, has that energy mm-hmm. like that like a beloved you know senior teacher and right.
1: fun yeah i could i could definitely see that because the stuff he was talking about i was just i had no idea what what he did and what homeopathology is or right what
0: homeopathy is.
1: and that's he, it, homeopathy
0: homeopathy it's a hard word and it's <laughs> his stuff was interesting because he, what he said was he likes helping people with the rare and unusual health Mm -hmm. cases. And then he gave us a lot of examples. That was, that was a really fun show. He's a friend of Michelle's and Michelle has actually used him um, for herself and for her son for many, many years. And a lot of people that know him love him. But uh, yes, I think it's interesting. the, The voice quality. Um, I think it was funny. We where were we and somebody recognized the voice of our guest. It was the haunting at Groom's Tavern. And um somebody in the audience walked up and said, "Oh, that was the episode on the podcast." <laughs> and, and it was it was the one about um was it a fire or EMT? The EMT, the one that was a friend of Michelle's.
1: Okay. Yeah. We, um, we, we had, a, I don't remember. His,
0: they recognize his voice because he came that night to the, the haunted lockdown.
1: Oh, okay. It's, it is, it's, listen, I've been doing the radio thing for a long time and it's still weird when someone recognizes you through your voice. Like you go, wait, what? Like why, what? But it, I can tell you in 21 years of radio, it's literally happened to me maybe three times. Um, and I don't That's know. That's really cool. But I think it's for me because my radio voice is not that I really have a radio voice, but my on-air personality is far more excited and like (laughs) turned up a notch than it is when I talk, like just in a normal conversation. And people are like, well, why is that? And I'm like, because you would look like, look at me like I'm an idiot. If I was always that excited, like, like over the top animated, I'm like, I'm not going to do that because that's, then people are going to be like, I don't want to be anywhere near that guy. He is out of his mind. So, um, Brian Flynn was the, was the paramedic.
0: Brian Flynn. That's the fella.
1: Yep. Thankfully I have my phone right here and I can just look up our old episode. Thank
0: God. Thank God. Right. (laughs) I knew it was something Irish. I knew it was Irish. It's funny though,
1: because like when I look at some of these and I'm like, I like, I go, oh my God, that's right. Yeah, we did that. Like, so, um, like with Ray Fierstein having him on, that was interesting. Which does lead me to because we've told the story about your uh, your your fun time at Professor Java's and your German friend. What would be in like I know that was not a, a pleasant experience for you. What would be like your most nerve-wracking or like what's the scariest thing that you've encountered with your abilities?
0: It's it's been at different stages. I can tell you one was um, well I can actually I'm thinking of another one I went to a home I'll skip this first one <laughs> I went to a home to do a reading and the mother had been killed I'm trying to I'm purposely trying to be vague mm-hmm. because it's still an open case I did not know when I went there that the mother was murdered and the family had me there. And while I was there, I realized that without any fear that one of the members of the family had committed the crime. And then they divulged that the person had been arrested but released because of lack of evidence. When I got in the car and I drove quickly home, I researched the person. The person had already done time Oh, for a murder. And I kept seeing this other person coming in. That to me was one of the most um, terrifying ones because I basically, I think that person had me come in to see if they could fool other people or they were going to get away with it.
1: Gotcha. Wait, so the person Um, that was the the person that brought you in was the person that. You got it. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. So that's not necessarily, I mean, and that's more like a. That's like a movie. Were you fearing for like your safety as well?
0: On that? You know, it's bizarre. I know this sounds strange, but at the time I wasn't, I was in psychic mode. when, Like when I do police cases, I was yep. in psychic mode. So I was like reporting the news oh. and I was reporting what I was seeing. And it wasn't until I went to leave and I got in the car and I started to get that feeling of flight or fight. My hands were shaking and I realized what I had just been in weirder right. still was the, f- that night I could not sleep because that energy was still so like hopping
2: mm-hmm.
0: and my daughter was a toddler. Her toys started to turn on one by one oh. random. Um, like the st- like little girl stove, a Ferris wheel that was a Weeble Ferris wheel it was, All turning on during the night, all on its own, knowing Mm -hmm. that that was probably a spirit or the the mother's, the family member's spirit Mm -hmm. coming through. And then the last thing was my daughter in the toy box had a telephone, a princess phone, and the batteries, as we thought, were dead. And then all of a sudden I hear, bring, bring, and then I hear, hello, hello, is anybody home? I was like, oh my God.
1: Uh, Yeah, that would, yeah first right. of all i've had those like my my daughters had those phones which right. first and foremost those things are annoying because right. when kids get their hands on them especially what? as a baby or like a, a toddler they just keep pushing the buttons so it's like hello right. hi hello we had a Minnie mouse one and all i kept just hearing Minnie mouse's voice hello i'm like stop Pushing with well, the batteries, right now. If the batteries were dead, and then it came on, and you started hearing that, yeah.
0: Yes, and the weirder thing was the family member, the next day, left a message on my machine and had said that the house phone had gone off in the middle of the night, oh. and there was nobody there. And I thought, mm. and apparently, like the the house phone wasn't even connected anymore, so. It's, it was, I know, it was very, very strange that, that was a creepy one. Um, one prior, I had worked on a missing person case and the whole time I was there with, I believe it was the state police for the one missing person case. As I was there, I kept hearing the same name over and over again. And again, I'm going to um, omit the name. Let's just say it was Smith. And I kept saying to the police are, is your name, is your name Smith? Is your name Smith? And the troopers kept saying, no, no, I'm not Smith. I'm not Smith. So day or two later, I'm sound asleep. And while I was asleep, I was, I was still married and I woke up thinking that the TV was on. I could hear the static on the TV. And when I sat up, There was nothing. The TV was, as I would say, cold. It was black screen. And when I looked at the foot of the bed, I could hear I had two German shepherds then. I could hear one of them kind of low growling. Mm -hmm. And when I looked at the foot of the bed in very dim light, I could see the outline. I thought it was my son, who at the time was probably um, 10 years old, maybe 11 years old. And I thought, you know, he wasn't feeling well. So I said, sweetheart, are you okay? Are you sick? no answer. And then as my eyes were adjusting in the dark, I realized it wasn't the outline of my son. It -hmm. was the outline of a young girl, but Mm. she had long hair and she looked like she was wet. Like it looked like her clothes and her hair looked like it was wet. Again, I couldn't see her face or anything because it was dark. She was in shadow. And I said, are you okay? What can I do? Knowing that I had, like it was clearly somebody coming through in spirit I said, um, who was the message for? And while I was looking at her, instead of just fading, because a lot of spirits just like fade in the background, Mm -hmm. she popped. It was like the image just went boop and popped out. And I was like, wow, that was weird. I've never had a spirit do something like that. And I thought, well, it's two o'clock in the morning. I'm going back to sleep. And when I went to lay down, Dennis, she was right next to my face, next to the bed, like looking at me. And I went, (gasps) I was terrified. Well, come to find out. It was a young girl who had gone missing. When they found her remains, it was in a body of water. Oh. And her last name was Smith. It was all the same state troopers that was working on the one missing person case that was now on that case. So even if she hadn't gone missing yet, they were. it was basically somebody in spirit telling me that this was going to be coming up. And I wound up working on that case as well. Oh. Um, but the Professor Java one is definitely a story that is um, was very unusual. Right. Did not like me and seems to follow me everywhere. That yeah, spirit was, follows me.
1: I was I was not at the Professor Java one, but I do know when we did the uh, <clears throat> we did our uh, our thing at Groom's Tavern before I had arrived. Your friend was there, and my
0: friend in spirit that um, is very angry with me. Was already there, calling me a redheaded whore, and,
1: and which is weird because I thought. Now at one point, didn't we think that the guy, the, the guy that kept that that comes through, didn't we think he was the guy from Professor Java's? Because there was like a murder at oh, on, yeah. the, on the grounds of Professor Java's when it was farmland or whatever. I Correct. didn't we think that he had something to do with that.
0: The the owner of the farm. Yep. They know that he, um, had, he thought his redheaded wife, this is all after the fact but he thought his redheaded wife was having an affair, whether she was or not, don't know. And when he returned home and I think he'd gotten into an altercation with the man that she supposedly had the affair with the tryst, he, um, scalped her and obviously she died And um, he was of Shaker and German descent, I believe. Now, if I'm mixing up my information or history, I am sorry, but that was how I remember. But the weirder thing was, he was yelling at me, calling me the redheaded whore, which was documented. Ray has it on tape, and then would switch over to German, which we had no idea at the time that it was a German landowner there. We hadn't done any previous research, which is probably better when you're doing investigations, depending on the kind it is. And um, he he was saying that later on, they translated what the German was. Now they actually have the um, uh, adaptation on the machine where they can switch to French, German, um, and it'll come up on the screen as to what they're saying. But in that case, um, Ray and some, I think his daughter, took the german components the part that was yelling out from the ghost box and they translated it and it was saying the same exact thing that it was saying in english and weirder still in the ghost box was it was always the same male voice right it didn't switch to other voices it didn't talk as a woman it didn't talk as you know somebody in french when he came through it was consistently the same man speaking in either english or German.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that was, it, 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 I think it's weird that he follows you around or he's got friends that, <laughs> that are another. Right.
0: Does it, and that, that's another whole thing with the, you know, not knowing a hundred percent. Are there other spirits that know that we're when they turn on that machine that right. are kind of poltergeisty that are playing practical jokes. It's no different than when we talk about people using Ouija boards, bad, bad, bad. Don't use a Ouija board. But if you use a Ouija board that you could say, I want to talk to my great uncle, you know, Robert, and yep. the board will start to answer and say, I'm your uncle, Robert," And in fact, it's not, it's a liar. Right. It's somebody faking it.
1: Like, and in, in, to, to put it into layman's terms and something I've learned, there are paris, there, there's essentially parasite spirits out there. Correct. The, you know, the low lying, these people, and they're going to tell you what they want, you or what you want to hear. Exactly so that they can come through to you and use the portal that you may be opening with the stupid Ouija board that I won't touch. Look
0: at you knowing shit. You you are talking like you've been doing this forever, D. Scott.
1: I pay attention now and then. I guess. I've been listening. Look at you. um, And it's crazy, too, because we've talked about – I've watched both of the documentaries that Steve Broat from South Glens Falls Paranormal Society has done. And they did, a, they've done, I think, a Ouija board session at both of those, where they used them to try to conjure up some activity. Right. And I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs>
0: it's the only object in my home, if I kiddingly say to my daughter and her friends or my son, if I say, hey, you want me to crack out the Ouija board? Everybody goes, no, no, no. <laughs> I know it's never going to be touched. I should hide my money in there and my, all my belongings. Nobody's going to touch that Ouija board.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I knew before we ever had started doing any of this stuff that I was like, "Mm, we're not touching Ouija boards because I knew that it was just not, you you got untrained people using these things, trying to conjure up spirits and it's just a good way to get not so good energies. To
0: I think on the side of it, it's made by like Hasbro. I think on the side of the box for the Ouija board, it says, um, you know, entertainment for um, kids from like nine up. Right. It's like, Oh, really? <laughs>
1: well, it's, it's weird how they were a thing years ago. Cause like, if you right. look at Steve's, if you look at Steve's collection, he has them from the early 1900s and, you know, in all through the years. And how it became like a board game. And I'm like, right, not
0: really a game. How it translated into something like that. But it's funny because they use them a lot. They actually, they call them spirit boards. Yep. And they would make them on a table. And that's more like the spiritual movement, which um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was a part of. Okay. And they would have, it was part of their religion. They would have whole spiritual sessions where they would basically channel spirit. And if you ever go to Lilydale, Lilydale is the, um, like one of the camps for the spiritualist movement. And there's a lot of psychics there. It's actually beautiful and it's really cool, but that's where a lot of that table tipping, they talk about table tipping. Um, we are just, just like if you were using a Ouija board, you place your, just your fingers on the side of the table and you're speaking to spirit and they answer by jiggling the table. Oh, Oh, like it's it. crazy. We're knocking on the table, moving, scooting the table, and um, it's, it's a lot.
1: Yeah, I could I see. And by the way, um, right before 2020 took a real bad turn for the worse, last fall, uh-huh. Steve was part of the biggest Ouija, like a world record Ouija board making thing. Yes, I saw that. And now look what, ha- look what they've done.
0: I know, look what they did. It's all their fault. It's all Steve's fault. We'll have to tell them.
1: Yeah. No, I blame him. I'm, I'm, I'm putting all the blame for 2020 solely on his shoulders. Even though On the, there was on the Ouija of, board, on the massive Ouija board. Even though there was a lot of people involved in it, I blame Steve. Like, uh, of you course. Knew, you knew Let's do better, that. And you went and made a, a gigantic Ouija board, and now 2020 has been just a shit show. So. So
0: we know that you have had... Turning this around a little bit, we know that you have had your own experiences, even with your own family, now since we've started the podcast. Mm -hmm. Do you think because of having your relationship with myself and Michelle, it not only helped you when these um, psychic things or paranormal things have happened with your family? Um, that you were able to go, okay. This is what I think is happening. Other than getting validation from us or assistance, but that you already felt like you know, a year ago you wouldn't have had that.
1: Right. Um, I think I think just from being around you and, and paying attention to what you guys are talking about, whether we do it when we were, we were doing the podcast, when we were out doing the uh, the Ghost Wrangler series that we did, um, it helped me to kind of put some pieces together for people that were asking me things. And it was weird that they were even asking me only because I think they thought I, because I was involved in what we're doing. Right. All of a a sudden now I had the answers. 100%. But a lot of times it started out as, Hey, can you ask Katie or Michelle this? And they would tell me the story. And I was like, I'd be like, I can, but here's what it sounds like to me. And then I would kind of give my thoughts on the situation. And they kind of look at me and go, that makes sense. And I'm like, I, sorry, I didn't, I can still ask if you want, but, <sighs> but, and then I would kind of come to you guys and say, this is what I was told. This was what I told them. And a lot of times you guys were like, yeah, it sounds pretty spot on. That's to me.
0: exactly though, how this should progress mm-hmm. it, because it really is about faith in what you're getting and trusting yourself to decipher the information mm-hmm. and that, you're going to have that sense of knowing, like you could say, you know, you're supposed to, you know, eat grapes with that. And then your body in your mind, your higher self is going, mm, no, that's not- <laughs> but if you get it right, like it's, it, you think it's a, a woman named Elizabeth and she's lost her child. Like you're getting kind of a bl- background story
2: mm-hmm. and
0: you almost say to your higher self, is that right? And, and you'll get like a, a it resonates. Like, yeah, right. you're spot on. That's
1: it. Well, it was it was weird because a couple of times here in the office, um, our friend, our, our, my friend Morgan, who I work with, would uh-huh. would kind of run things by me to maybe talk to you guys about because she's got uh, untrained abilities and un, like she has not really um, honed in on them. But like t- her, her telling me her stories, because I think she's a, a, a she's a skeptic to an extent but is a mm-hmm. believer at the same time mm-hmm. um and you know she'll tell me stories and what it felt like. have you ever seen the movie old school yes there's the part towards the end where they have to do all those different um like challenges to pass and so and will ferrell ends up having to like ha, he does a debate part and he blacks out and gives like the most perfect answer you could possibly give and then he comes to and he's like what just happened that like when Morgan would ask me a question, I would just start spewing stuff out to her
2: mm-hmm. without
1: it without even really it's not like I sat and thought about what she was saying. It gotcha. was all of a sudden the words like the words were coming out of my mouth and they all made sense. And she was just kind of looking at me like, yeah, oh, okay. And I'm like, don't know where that came from. Sorry. But I'll talk to Katie and Michelle. <laughs>
0: that is and that actually is the kind of how um channeling works Mm -hmm. so that you're getting the information you're right and where they come in and they like work through you Mm -hmm. and many times people afterwards do not remember anything they've written or said during those episodes
1: well i mean i i remembered what i was saying like i was conscious while it was like i knew what was happening Mm mm-hmm but it, the, the words were not, like I said, like there wasn't any real, a lot of times if you, give, if you present me with a situation and ask my thoughts on it, I'm going to be like, hang on a minute, let me process it all. I'll get back to you in a minute. This was like literally she said everything and there was no processing going on. It was just words. And I'm like, this is weird. I'm like, How, why did I have that answer just right there? So okay. it, was, it was definitely different.
0: Well, get ready for more because as time goes on, it'll happen more and more and more to you.
1: Great. Cool. Yeah. I, I mean I'm not I'm not opposed to it. That's just it, you know, I'm, I'm I know just... you're
0: not. I know you're very open. I don't think at first you were like, Anything's gonna happen and it was after just a couple of short episodes with <laughs> us that it started to happen. So you're like, Hey well, listen, you know... I got
1: the we, we started with the Weird podcast, thing, yeah. we, we, we jumped right in with the, uh, with the ghost hunting and a demon, so I was like, really, we're going to go Exactly. Wrong? I mean, at this point, it's all downhill from here, because the first thing we encountered, aside from a Civil War soldier, was a demon. Oh,
0: <laughs> that was insane, and that both Michelle and I were leaning into the, the, the gate in the entombment there, we're leaning in. And all of a sudden at the same time we heard like a stomp on the ground, like something fall. And we took, a, mm-hmm. we both looked at each other, took a step back. Yeah. And Nick Lee is like, Oh, let me get in there. Let me get in. We're like, yeah. oh, no. And then he heard it again. It was like yeah, a he big jumped,
1: boom. He jumped right in there. And I was like, dude, when the psychics step back, that is not a cue for us to go forward. <laughs> like, I'm not, that's not right. a thing. Like, He's like, Oh, what's in there? What's in there? That was went Right in with his camera. And then I remember at one point, cause, I've gone by there since because I brought my, uh, my youngest daughter over to Albany Rural a couple of times just, just to show her, like, how you – know, especially because there's so it's much beautiful. that's it, – And it's – it, there's a lot of history in there. Yep. There's a lot of, you know, graves from the late 1800s, early 1900s. But when I've driven past that spot where we encountered the demon, it's like those gates are no, – like, the doors – they have a gated door and then there's like a fully like a full door with little windows in it they're all that thing is completely closed up now like the right doors and are it not... was
0: open when we were there and right. i think michelle said the same thing she said do you know that since then it's been completely shut and- yeah
1: it, it's it's odd it's really really odd i've actually looked on like i think i've gone to google maps too just to see if i could find it because i wanted to show somebody what it was that we were looking at and even then I think both sides, of those doors were all closed for for whatever reason. The day we were there, that one side was open. It
0: was, yep, it was open, and and I think we could look in the other, or it was partially open because I know had, we looked on both
1: sides. Yeah, they, there was like little little windows. Like it was just like little tiny like di- uh, diamond shaped windows on the other side, Oof. which. Which also Nick put his camera right, to, and Michelle's like, well, I hope you're getting good footage because that thing, whatever's in there, is right in front of the door looking at you.
0: Right, and not happy that we were there. No. It was, yeah, Not was happy not
1: that you guys were there.
0: No, right. That's exactly. I don't and think- we bo- it was the weirdest thing. It was like two little girls we, holding onto the, the gate. <laughs> we both leaned in like this, and at the same time, we both saw it, and we didn't even say anything. We leaned back. <laughs> And we looked at each other and we started to step away and from that it stomped. Yep. You could hear the bang.
1: It was, uh, it was definitely different. I re, Cause I do remember hearing the bang as I was walking up. Cause I was like, I think it was you and Michelle, Nick, and then me and uh, the girl from, from the, the car dealership as well. We were like right. the last group. So you guys had already gotten there and we walked up and I heard, and yeah. I'm like, okay, so everybody heard that, right?
0: Because that's exactly was, what you said. You go, you already heard that, right? And Nick is little like bebopping up there. Yeah. And then it did it again. And we were like, yeah, that's not good, Nick. No,
1: because we, and I know too, he was, he was trying his best to kind of debunk what we had heard. And he was like, well, right. there's people over there. It could have been that car and it could have been something. And I'm like, that was not a noise that a car would make. It wasn't a door slamming. We're in a cemetery. Uh, it was so. on
0: the ground. It was the sound yeah. on the ground thump. Yep. and it was it was heavy almost like a hoof.
1: Yep. Yeah, it was it was definitely a wonderful first experience with any kind of paranormal anything. We get in the car
0: and you guys are like god damn first show we get a demon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then then it was just kind of disappointing after that we had some spirits and stuff like that but no more demons, no more crazy weird stuff. Um I have you know, the one thing in in watching you work, I've had the experience to do that uh, or, I've had the the honor of doing that a couple of different times. Uh, the one time when we were in Schenectady at uh, the Van Dyke, where you and Michelle were using the dowsing rods.
2: Oh, right.
1: And I'm just kind of sitting there just watching. And you turn to Corinne and we're like, yeah. just so you know, there is an older lady with you. She's been there since we, we left the radio station.
2: Yeah.
1: And you spit out a bunch of information to corinne which most of which was pretty damn accurate including the flowers that were her favorite and some other stuff and to watch corinne not cry out of sadness but out of it looked more like comfort, comfort and she, relief yeah and she got teary-eyed and because when her and i talked the first time i met you let me regress here for a minute the first time I met you, we were working on the other podcast, and at the end, uh, they were, Josh was like, now, if we were to have you do a reading, would you read for, say, D, which I knew was coming because we had talked about it, but I didn't think anyone was serious about it, and you did, and both my grand- grandfathers had come through, and you were telling me things that really hit home, and I didn't get overly emotional, but I had this feeling inside that was extremely warm. Right. Um, it was literally, if, if you could put into words what love was or into feelings what love actually is, that was the feeling that I got. It I was, love
0: that, Dee. That's was, so sensitive. That's it was true. Ex-
1: <laughs> it's, it's extremely comforting. It's Good. not, there, there was nothing at all that was scary about it. Because I remember telling my mom and she was like, were you nervous? dear?" And I've told other people too. And I'm like, it was, there was no reason to be nervous. Um, It was very, you could feel just your soul kind of get warm. And when I told Corinne that, she just looked at me. She goes, yeah, yep, that's, yeah. Like it was, she had that same feeling because it was her grandmother, someone that loved her dearly. Although I don't even know if they really ever met, but she is watching over her and protecting her. That's
0: was, her heaven. That's her like, man's heaven.
1: And she was like, "Oh my God, that's exactly how I felt." And then uh, the other time that I got to watch you work was with Jamie Roberts when you were here oh, to do some right. promo. And it was, she's like, "Katie's coming in today." I'm like, "What time?" So I like literally just stopped my work. <laughs> it was like, "I gotta go." And I came over and I watched you, and uh, that was extremely impressive. Because, right,
0: because Jamie never had—I don't think she ever had a reading—and yeah. really didn't have any belief in it—and was she was absolutely speechless for a radio DJ.
1: She and the thing was—I I don't even know if it was she did, doesn't believe in it. I think she was scared of it because of right who would come through, and she's very Catholic as well, and right. you know so, but she—I think. She didn't want to get emotional, especially because you guys were doing a radio interview. Right. So it was like she didn't want to reach that level. And I think there was some nerves of that. But to hear you, I remember you telling her um, about the house, the two story Mm -hmm. home that you saw, her grandmother, whose name you got, um, which I can't I want to say Rose, but I, I could be wrong.
0: I can't, Um, I, I I never remember my readings after I do them. So when you guys give me details back, I'm like, Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) So, and I don't remember the name, but what I do remember was you had said another name, which I really don't remember. And, but you were like, you, you said that and then you, you were like, but I'm really getting a rose. Now the other name that you said afterwards, when you had left, I don't remember if I ever told you this. Jamie goes, I didn't say anything because I was already reeling from everything. She goes, but the other name that you mentioned was actually her aunt's name who lived in that two-story home with her grandmother, like on the other floor. Oh, wow. And, she, and I looked at Jamie and I was like, oh, I'm like, you probably should have mentioned that. I was like, but she was like, I didn't want to only because, again, she was, <clears throat> she was overwhelmed with emotion but she was like, that was, that was crazy. She was like that. And then of course my grandmother came because the, the funniest part of that whole thing was, is you go, and who's Bobci?
2: Yes, that's right. I forgot and, about that.
1: And Jamie goes, that means nothing to me. Jamie's Italian. So that, and Bapchi is grandmother, Polish for grandmother. And I'm like kind of standing there minding my own business. And I looked over, I'm like, I called my grandmother Bobci. <laughs> and you were like, uh, she's here. And she just wanted to make sure that she, you knew that she was here <laughs>
0: because that's hysterical. I forgot about Bob. She,
1: that was, um, that was funny. I look at Jamie. I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt your stuff. My grandmother's my
0: whole goal. With all of this, Dennis, my whole goal is to leave people better than I find them. Mm-hmm. And I use that mantra all the time. People talk about my work. And I really do believe everybody's gifted, but if I can do whatever I can do, and leave people better than I find them. That's that's the whole goal. That's really what we should all be doing. But that's my goal all the time.
1: Which is pretty awesome. I mean, every well, time you leave, every time you leave me, I feel like I'm I'm doing better, at least for a little while. And then, <laughs> right.
0: I just it's it's too important to me that people have their joy, mm-hmm. and that people have uh, that spark in life that they and that they pass it on. Right. So if I can do this and I can reach people and I can help people, that's that's all I care about is, is leaving you better than I find you.
1: I'm, I'm trying. I know with my... Uh, I know you are. No, Yo,
0: you are. You are.
1: With, with things my, like my, this. And... Well, with my youngest too, because now they know that, you know, that I'm friends with you and Michelle and, and their, their baby uh, seems to attract energy. Yes.
0: Right, um, right.
1: Because I think Maddie... Maddie was telling me not that long ago that her, her baby sister was doing the you can't get me ducking under the covers thing again at the house. And this was after Michelle had cleared it and done all this other stuff. So I'm like, great. I'm like, I don't know. I was like, because they're, they're moving into a new house. So I was like, talk to me after you guys move out of the place you're in now. Right. Place so that if it's happening at the new place, we know it's not the location. It's the kid exactly. So or, okay, too, or, or again,
0: knowing things,
1: or it's the other, or it's the other places haunted too. And you guys really just keep moving into haunted houses.
0: <laughs> right. And, and I do have to say that sometimes, not all the time, it's very rare that you can have a place like say in Troy and a spirit will attach to you. And it doesn't matter if you move to Delansen, all of a sudden all the same things that were reported as being a haunting from the house in Troy start to happen in Delanson. And it's not that the person is like basically conjuring it. It's that they follow them. They've become part of the family mm-hmm. and sometimes not good, Right. but that we can, Michelle especially can clear them because they've got to go, but they just get kind of, they get lost and right. they wind up sticking with you guys.
1: Yeah. Well, so we're going to find out when they move. Um, they're closing on the house in a couple of days and be in by mid, mid August. Oh, September. you
0: can't, I get, you gotta let me know. You oh, gotta I'm, let me know
1: I, what I happens. Know. I'm like Maddie. And I know, <coughs> uh, eventually Maddie wants to meet you and Michelle.
0: we, we bring her. Well, if we can do this or have her on, on zoom with us, definitely do that because I okay. would love to, we, you know, Michelle and I both love kids. I right. actually get a big kick. I get a bigger kick out of the kids stories than anything because they don't even realize um what they're doing or what they're seeing and the second they meet somebody like myself or Michelle then everything makes sense <laughs> they totally are like oh I get it now and they well I was at one home and a little boy um had to go to school he couldn't be there for the reading and he left a long letter for um Katie the sidekick not sidekick, oh, nice. <laughs> the sidekick and it had to do with all these different questions for his life. And he's, he knew that I, I knew already that he had had ability, but mm. he had all these different things that he wanted to ask me. So That's awesome. I kept that letter. It is awesome. My,
1: my youngest is not – she doesn't seem to be afraid of things. Um, <clears throat> she's had stuff like when in her room where – this is actually when it caught my attention that maybe something was going on there because she was like – uh, yeah. Cause I was watching videos on my TV. Like she has YouTube on her TV. And, uh, she's like, I was watching videos and I left the room to go to the bathroom. And when I came back in, a different video was on and I'm like, well, maybe the other video had ended. She's like, daddy, it was like a 20 minute video. I wasn't in the bathroom for 20 minutes. Like the thing just changed And I'm like, interesting. Oh, okay. Well then that makes, okay. Cause the first, I mean, like I said, the first thing for me, is to kind of go well. Logically, the video could have been ended, and it just YouTube went right to the next video. She's like,
0: I think too, with spirit, and especially with kids uh, to get their attention. I think they love to play with phones, mm-hmm. electronics, lights. But because kids, are obviously, all children now are using so many electrical devices, right. that they're going to really hone in on that, and they're they're good at disrupting things to get your attention or have things turn on or to turn off. Yeah. I mean, unexpectedly,
1: it, it, especially because it's something that they know they can manipulate uh, as right. a couple of different times.
0: Draining uh, the batteries. Like yeah. when we were at groom's tavern, they yeah. drain the battery. Oh, how many, how many investigations did we have in, with Nick Lee yep. and we'd go into a place and he, he, and um, his sidekick there would have everything loaded up and the camera, the one of the two cameras wouldn't work or the lights that we had or the recorders we had all would go dead um and that's that's a a pretty common thing when spirit comes in that they just suck the juice right out of the electrical devices
1: yep yeah i and 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 with maddie too going back to her real quick is i've asked her because she's also had the uh the cold feeling when it's not necessarily cold in there but she gets like you know cold spots in the room or whatever so i kind of explained to her everything and i'm like are you, does it make you nervous? Are you scared? You know, when this is happening, do you have any anxiety or is there any fear? Or are you okay? And she's like, no, it's very comfortable. Like she's not, it's not an intimidating thing. It's not, you know, where she feels like she's in danger. It's just more so she can feel it. And I'm like, does that make you nervous? She goes, no. I'm like, good. <laughs> Perfect. Like, cause I mean, I think at thirteen, if I was feeling that stuff and was getting some information about it, I'd be a little bit, you know, nervous about it. But she's, she's completely fine with it. She's more, she's scared of like, you know, slasher movies and stuff like that. But I am
0: too, though. I think Michelle is too. I don't, I can't do the slasher movies. I literally sit there and go, <laughs> to the whole See, thing. I can, so.
1: I am like the exact opposite. Like I can do, you know, a Friday the Thirteenth or a, you know, a, a, a Freddy Krueger movie. But if it's something, I think I went and saw paranormal, like activity five or four or whatever it was. And I'm like, I don't like this. I'm like this because, because I've always been a believer in the paranormal. I'm like, this is all shit that could happen. I'm like, I'm not, I don't like this. Like, I'm not afraid. And it,
0: and of, it does happen with right. us all the time.
1: You know, so I'm not afraid of a guy in a hockey mask with a giant machete who I can shoot 35 times and keeps coming. Like that's not real, like that's not gonna happen, but this paranormal stuff actually the uh the exorcism of Emily Rose is a movie that messed me up for a long time
0: okay. very scary that's a yeah. that's a scary one that is a scary one. but as Michelle and I have both said, I think the living is far more scarier than anything that's in the spirit world. We're Walmart. more accustomed to the spirit world, but I've been places, you know, like Walmart and I look up and I think, Oh, hell to the no. That is some scary shit. <laughs> that
1: right? But that's, listen, that's a, that's a special place. Walmart is a special place. It's like, and, and, and I'm glad that Chuck E. Cheese is closed now because like Chuck E. Cheese was like Walmart for kids.
0: Exactly. But. Well, I, I was, I can remember being in Blockbuster years ago And I was looking for a movie and my ex-husband and son were across the store and I was looking up and I'm reading all the labels and all of a sudden there was a man living in the back of my head and he goes, I like the way you smell. And I was like, Oh, like, like turn around and I walked away. Now all my ex-husband said was, you got a new friend?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that would, yeah, that's not, nope.
0: nope.
1: Now, uh, before we wrap this up, I would be a fool to not have you do a quick reading for me, if you could. Oh,
0: oh, sure. Um, All right. So um, first thing I'm going to have you do is say your real name.
1: Okay. It is Dennis Rymanowski.
0: So there is actually um, two men to the side of you. One feels like a father figure and the other one feels like a grandfather figure. So they're standing right here. The man that is the father figure keeps giving me a lot with his breathing in his chest.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, He's saying that he could not speak at the very end. He points to his mouth. So I don't know if he was on an intubator. Um, or something else was happening, but he could not speak. He's saying that he could hear everybody. He says, too, that you talk to him all the time. So if this is your father or stepfather, he's traveling with you. He also shows, like, a tattoo. So I don't know if you're getting the tattoo for him or there's a plan for it but he said that um, he has already visited you. So if you've been dreaming of him, D, he's been showing up and he wants everybody to know he's okay. His sickness feels like it went downhill very, very quickly. I don't know if this was neurological, but he keeps uh, showing me too, D, that he can stand. I get a large letter R with this and I also get a large letter J, which could be a Joseph and a Robert, or that could be the initials, but I'm getting both of these um, with this man. Um, he just said that he, um uh, tell you that he's proud of you. He loves you. Um, he also gives me the month of May. So I don't know if May is a birthday anniversary or passing Gives the number five, which could be a date as well. So he's showing that the grandfather figure is more of a, um, not a scary dude, but <laughs> maybe somebody you were named after. He's got more of a formidable energy that's connected to him he's a very black and white guy and just kind of gives me like the high like the wave sign like yep i'm here so let <laughs> let him know um does that make any of that make sense to you
1: yeah it okay
0: does. did one of them work for the the railroad because i can hear trains or did they live right next to the railroad
1: um it would depend there was a oh see i don't know with my step well metal
0: let me change that a little bit it might it could have been a factory it's metal on metal sounding i'm inclined to think it's a train but i keep hearing that that metal scrape sound which usually is the tracks
1: okay um i think my stepfather had worked at a uh at the fa- at a factory in like green island when he was younger after he came back from the service. Um, otherwise my, like my grandfather my one grandfather lived right across from the train tracks in south troy so
0: oh that's yeah. what it is
1: but he was he was not a you know that that was about it there was no other than the story my father has told me where my grandfather caught him hitch uh hopping a train that was it but oh <laughs> yeah that, that could didn't, have
0: been too so was didn't. your stepfather a smoker mhm so i can when he comes in and smells like old spice and cigarettes oh okay so if you start to get that or encounter that on a regular basis just around you maybe in the car then just know that that's his way of coming in okay he's saying to say though thank you to you so i don't know if you have done a few things to memorialize him but he feels honored and he feels memorialized and and that to him is very special Mm -hmm. that your relationship was very special and super connected, but he is okay. And there also is a feeling with that. This sounds strange, but he was ready to go.
2: Yeah. Yep.
0: He was ready. So even if nobody else was ready for him to leave, he was ready.
1: Mm-hmm. No, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and yeah, I, I haven't done, well, I think, you know, for me, he, I was, he didn't have a son. So right. I was, the closest thing he had to that my mom has done a few things to memorialize him uh one of which is at like the the national cemetery down by her um for his service in the air force so they did a quick memorial for that uh and i think she spread his ashes on one of his favorite golf courses and on the beach i believe um but now that that I am I'm, I'm gonna assume that, that was my that that it's my stepfather because he uh he had issues with his legs, circulation issues, and couldn't walk far. Um,
0: yeah, it shows it like a shuffle, but he keeps showing I don't know if he had to have like um almost like braces in the bottom of the like the shoes or something with like orthotic in the shoe. And um but he then when he after he's done shuffling, which is only an indication to me, he shows that he can walk like a young man again.
1: Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, he, cause when we would go to Disney, he really wouldn't come along or anything like that because he couldn't walk long distances. He was, he had really he, bad circulation.
0: He can now and uh, connected with it. Was he connected to an education? Cause there's a lot of books.
1: My, my grandfather on my father's side was a music teacher.
0: Um, a lot of books. And if you're finding those books D or you're feeling like you need to put them out, it feels like we're finding his writing Mm-hmm. And we're finding the, like the books. So if you wanted to frame them, that's another way too, that it feels like that person comes in, but I can see the writing.
1: My grandfather wrote a lot. My dad has countless books that my grandfather just wrote little notes in. That would um, be it. That were You're like... going to
0: find something. If you're currently go- doing things that are like family genealogy,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you're going to be finding something that really speaks to you from him. And you're going to put that like on your wall, whether it's in your office or at home and it's it it truly helps you. Um, is there a Robert or a Richard in that group?
1: Not there's for an most... another
0: R, but um, it gives the R name, or maybe they called him like RJ.
1: No, uh, it was Chuck and John. So um... the
0: Js keep showing up, which be John or Joseph. Right. Um, then there's also two. They keep showing me the hawk or the eagle, which is usually somebody that's been in military. And you'll get that hawk or eagle sent to you all the time.
1: All right. And we also and and the uh, symbol for Polish is the Polish eagle, the white eagle.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, I have. I actually have. My father wears his chain. He has the Polish eagle, and I have a, a gold chain at home that's got the Polish eagle on it. And
0: then please know that that's another way. If you're driving along in the car, that they're going to send that sign. That you know that you're not traveling alone. That they're always with you. And keep okay. in mind, D, you are their heaven. So they pick whether they want to be in 2020 or 1984, and they mm. can be with five people at once or 20 people at once, but you in sp- you know, particular, you are his heaven, and he is around you and your family all the time. Never going to miss out or leave your side.
1: Cool. Good to know.
0: Thank uh, you so much, sweetheart.
1: Oh, my God. Thank you so much. I, I definitely appreciate this. Um,
0: very blessed and well, wicked blessed to wicked have blessed you over. in my life
1: last, last couple so, shots for the show a, if, if anyone would like to get a hold of you for whatever reason um, readings or whatever it may be uh, sending how, dick pics uh, or that
0: <laughs> um, oh I got no. tons of them I got so <laughs> many I can't stand it
1: oh <laughs> well, that's unfortunate lucky you uh, <laughs> how can people get a hold of you
0: They can um, message me through Facebook, which is um, Katie Manning uh, Hilton or Katie Manning Hilton Psychic Medium. I actually have two sites because I'm maxed out on my friends (laughs) Um, because I'm a very friendly person. Or you can go through my website, which is www.katiemanninghilton.com, And you can shoot me a message through there inquiring about, you know, whatever's going on whether it has to do with, you know, now shows at the casinos right. that I was doing. I'm not doing any of that, but I am doing some virtual things, and I'm doing virtual readings so they can inquire about that too.
1: And if you're expecting to get a reading from Katie, like tomorrow, not everybody has a psychic on call like I do. Right. There's a good chance you're going to have to wait a little while. because she Wait extremely a little busy. while. He is she is very good and she is very busy so have patience katie thank you so much i definitely
0: D, thank you again and thanks so much for being our producer and and being in our lives love you love, love you me. love you thank you sweetheart walk blindly to the light and reach out for his hand don't
2: ask any questions and don't try to understand open up your mind and then open up your heart and you see that you and me are